So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Read and Entertainment Podcast, episode 40 for February 7th, 2016. I have uh, three people with me this week. We have... First off, Andrew O'Rourke McFain, like always. Yeah, it's going to be really dull this week. Yep. We got Connor Nemesis Besh. I, I don't even know why you're here. It's going to be pretty bad. And Jerry Parallax Abstraction. Now, Cochran? Corcoran. Corcoran. I, yeah. It's okay. I, I didn't get Connor's name right for the longest time either. That's just why no one gets, no one gets my name right. Yeah. I make everything worse, so it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, but my sister has such a weird name that whenever we were in school together, people would be reading through the list and they'd just stop at her name and she'd be like, here. <laughs> yeah. I just I just wait. There's two or three common mispronunciations of my name, and it, it, I, I just I just smile more when people get it right, which is very rare. I, I don't take offense at all. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I have a weird last name, too. Um, I have two mm. last names, and people just get stuck on them. So, mm. uh, so this week we're gonna talk about what was it, five or six stories, something like that. But first, let's see what you guys have been playing. So, what have you been playing, Andrew? Uh, I watched Attack on Titan this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I uh, watched. <clears throat> yeah, that's um, I didn't really pressed play on something. Yeah, I mean, I I. I could just keep saying, yeah, I play a few hours of Smash every week, but I mean, other than that, it's that and Rainbow Six yep. still. Siege, Siege. We played Siege last night. Yeah. And uh, How's that going right. for you? Is it still holding up well after a little while? Uh, we suck. We're fucking awful. Hmm. But um, <laughs> the, the game, they released a patch that fixed a whole bunch of things, and then it added in more bugs that made the game altogether pro- possibly worse overall. But it's still Uh-oh. fun. So that's okay. all I care. Um, but but the important thing is we did figure out a fix for the CPU usage. Yeah, the the interesting thing is that it's the only game I think I've ever played where uh the performance actually gets better if you turn VSync on. Uh huh. Nathan, Nathan just discovered. So Yeah, so what we stream uh, a row and I stream games obviously. And so whenever we would stream Rainbow Six Siege it would be like high CPU usage might affect buffering, and it would affect it a little bit for me and a lot for Aroa. But apparently, if you turn VSync on, it takes your CPU usage while playing the game from like 80 to 90 down to like 45. At least for me. Yeah. So VSync on helps improve performance. The one and only time. Friggin' right. Ubisoft engines, they always have this these friggin' weird things. The Division may be like that as well. I hope not. It might be. Uh, so, Connor, what games have you been playing? I'm actually playing it right now because I'm the best at being in podcasts. Uh, Assassin's Creed Floor, Floor 4 Black Flag <laughs> was on sale for the, the lunar, whatever, the Steam sale of insert the, reason. The Chinese New Year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it's a good uh, AC it, game. You know, I just beat Assassin's Creed 3 a while, so I was like, okay, I'll try it out. And, oh my god, is it fun being a pirate. I am 
yep. blown away by how much I'm enjoying this. Yep. It's a damn good game. If you see it super cheap at some point later, too, you should also pick up Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is essentially Black Flag 2. Oh, that's I cool. That. I, I have Black Flag, but I haven't played it ever. I The last Assassin's Creed game I played was Assassin's Creed 2. Okay. Right. So yeah, Maybe. you you didn't get the you didn't get the teaser sh- uh, a pirate ship experience that they gave you in AC3 and that they made most of Black Flag around. Right. Yeah, I, it was it was it even felt good in 3. And then it four, it, there was just parts of 3 that I loved and parts of 3 I didn't like and the parts I didn't like just way too heavily overweighed the parts I did like. And yeah. now we're talking about a very outdated game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh what games have you been playing Parallax? Uh, I hit up two this week, principally. Uh, I finished up, uh, they're both indie games, I finished up Satellite Rain this week, which was a uh, game I kickstarted way back when. It's uh, supposed to be a spiritual sequel to, or spiritual successor to uh, the 90s uh, strategy game Syndicate uh, from Bullfrog, which I uh, I finished that this week. I'm going to actually write a review of it for, for Geek Bravado, I think, but it was... Um, Started well, but it got, I ended up just sort of powering through it by the end. It's unfortunately got a lot of problems, and it's clearly a game that was made like it. They didn't smash their Kickstarter goal, and it's very clear it was made with constraints. Um, but uh, they had a good framework. I hope that comes back. And uh, yesterday I started uh, uh, streaming something from my backlog from last year, which was Axiom Verge, which was the uh, sort of Metroidvania game that was... Um, has a really weird sci-fi story to it, and it was it, it's fascinating. The entire game was made by one guy, and by the entire game, I mean the entire game. Like, even the music was done by the same one guy. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, I've streamed about six hours of it now. It can be about a 10 to 12-hour game. I'm probably going to stream the rest of it. It is fantastic. I'm very picky about what Metroidvania-type games I like, and this one has been just stellar. Um, it's been really, really good. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah, I've my heard. Roommate, oh, oh, uh, yeah, oh. my roommate came home with. Uh, he does this indie box thing, so he gets a whole bunch of cool little swag from games. That was the first one he has. He's got like the, uh, the weird looking HR Geiger head and everything from it. It's, yeah, I played a little bit. I have the entire game on a flash drive somewhere because, you know, I'm scum. Uh, I enjoyed what I played from it though. It, it doesn't seem like a Metroidvania game I'd like. But to be fair, I probably didn't give it enough of a chance. I I um, think with I, I in- love. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I was gonna say I think with IndieBox, don't they give you like the code? Yeah, like they give you a code and like a, the game on a disc. I think exactly. yeah, it's, it's they put it on a flash drive for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with one okay. of them, they also even included a an NES controller that plugged in via USB. Or no, it's uh, SNES controller. Yeah, I I, yeah. I saw that one. The indie box is pretty cool, but I I probably will never get it because I'm my, I'm my done buddy with Tyler's it. had it for three months or so, and he's he's adored it so far. Yeah, uh, the guy who who's in charge of the <laughs> Facebook group, Triggered Gaming. That was yes, it? yeah, because he gets um, triggered apparently. I did not <laughs> know that that was made by all one dude. There's a really interesting trend of that happening now, I guess. Yeah, the... this guy uh, has a history in the AAA industry, and he uh, started Axiom Verge as a part-time, basically, hobby project in uh, in 2010. 
uh, and he's been working. He was working on it off and on for five years. And yeah, he did every single aspect of it himself: graphics, design, programming, sound, music, everything. Which I was just like, that's just incredible. And he, like, you 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 wouldn't know it. Like he's you. It's not a game where you're like, well, okay, the guy did his own music, but it's clear that's not really what he's good at. He's just a uh, uh, you know, he just did it anyway. No, the he he's good at everything too. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking at at screenshots here. It's definitely a lot more impressive than than the other because the main things that came to mind for me were uh, Undertale and and Lisa because both of those were just one man passion projects. But this has got like the this looks like a, an entire team worked on this over the course yeah. of a couple of years, and that's yeah. I mean this is. Looks it's one very very talented dude that's for sure it's uh yeah. it's quite something yeah i i didn't buy this last year because uh, when it came out because i was just like oh i've got too much uh too much to do i'm not gonna yeah, or too much other stuff to play i'm not gonna get to this so i'll wait till it's on sale and then a friend of mine gifted it to me uh for christmas from steam and uh i finally was like all right i'll jump into this and uh yeah it's it's lo-fi enough that i can i can stream it at 1080p without it buckling my machine which is what satellite rain did but uh yeah it's i've been having a blast with it it's one of those things where three hours will go by uh in a stream and i'll be like oh god i've been playing this for that long holy geez i have responsibilities uh, damn yeah i have to go do crap but uh yeah it's been it's been really really good so uh yeah i if, if you like that type of game and like i said i don't like all of these uh i would uh i would highly recommend it it really it's really grabbed me i will probably finish it in the next few days oh, it's Good. coming out on vita that is totally it's out on ps4 as well already and he the vita version has been delayed he's working on it but the cool thing is if you bought it on ps4 you automatically get the vita version when it comes out yeah that's oh, what that's i'm good. reading that's which yeah. is which is which is nice so yeah uh, yep. I I'm interested in that game, but I also have never actually beaten a Metroidvania game, not even mm. Metroid or or Castlevania, uh, Symphony mm. of the Night. I think I mentioned that on Twitter. I I've never actually played Symphony of the Night. Oh well. Yeah, I've actually never beaten. Uh, I like the Metroid games, but I always ended up getting lost in them to the point where I couldn't figure out what I had to do next and abandon them. I never. The only Metroid-ish game I've ever beaten is the third Metroid Prime. I have not beaten any of the other ones. I've gotten far into them and then flamed out. But, so, uh, so I used to be on a podcast called the Lucifer.com podcast. Mm -hmm. And there's a perfect clip that he has that I wish I had right now. It's one of his podcasters. They were having an argument, and he happened to have it being recorded. And his podcaster was like, there is no exploration in Metroid. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, mm. he, it's, it's funny because he's wrong. Uh, because yeah. otherwise you couldn't get lost. Um, so let's let's talk about some stories real quick because we got a few and then we also have a bunch of people here. So it's going to take a while to get through them all. <laughs> um, Four hour podcast. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the tattoo artist's. And apparently they are suing 2K Games over NBA 2K16 because of some of the uh, basketball players. I was going to say, like, football players, but I think it's basketball. Basketball players. They have <laughs> tattoos that were done by this company, uh, so Solid Oak Sketches. And they're like, well, we own those tattoos, so we're going to sue 2K Games for $1.1 million. 
Yeah, they're essentially. I don't know if they're actually calling it copyright infringement or not, but it's uh, it, it, it's something along those lines, I suppose. Yeah, their yeah. argument was along the lines of the game wouldn't have sold as well if it wasn't for that person's intellectual <laughs> property being in the game or something. It's it's uh, ridiculous. It mm-hmm. is. <laughs> and, like, I agree. If the guy made the tattoo, he should be represented or at least credited, but which that, that's a big price tag. Not, right not necessarily, because once you buy that tattoo and put it on your body, you own said tattoo. Well, that's how it should be. You? That's not how it's not. I would, I would actually be willing to argue that in this particular situation, you could say that the tattoo studio owns the design of the tattoo. Now, the tattoo being placed on that person, they may no longer own the rights to that particular copy of the tattoo, but the design itself being then used in a different intellectual property you could potentially argue that the studio owns the right to reproduce that tattoo in another form and then have it be sold, which is what's going on there. Right, but we all know that the judge is going to look at this and laugh it out of court. Yes, it's completely stupid and bullshit and an obvious attempt at this tattoo studio just trying to rake in money. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can see where you were... The lawyer that took on this case could be going, eh, maybe it'll work. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can get some money out of it. <laughs> Whatever. When's the last time would... I've had a case? <laughs> I can see how this is possible. <clears throat> yeah. But, I mean, I don't, the problem is I don't think you can copyright tattoos. It, um, you may, yeah. according to this, it looks like that's yet another legal gray area that's probably going to set some level of precedent here. Um, right. Basically, a 1991 Supreme Court decision um, that has talked about it, but it really, it's a stretch. Right. The See, here's the thing, though. That means that, so if this happens, if they do get sued, if they win the case, which they won't, but if they do win, then any game after this will have to either pay the licensing fee if somebody has a tattoo on them or uh they'll end up having to take that tattoo off the person when they put them in the game i personally don't know why you wouldn't just do that anyway to avoid a situation like this it's not like like unless it's something specific where it's like a, a design that very much so represents the identity of that person um can't well, I mean, if you're like gonna, that, if, I don't know of any NBA players, but if you're gonna put Mike Tyson in the game, I mean, <laughs> yeah. are you gonna are you gonna put him in without the stupid face tattoo? Right, <laughs> like, that would be something where I'd say, okay, yeah, you know, you you need to have that tattoo in there. Right. At the same time, there's no way anybody would bother trying to claim copyright on a fucking generic ass tribal tattoo like that. They so, might. They might. They might say, hey, they, we own that. Yeah, and if they did, it would be a situation like this, where everyone would go, are you fucking kidding me, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is dumb. Um, and what sucks is that whenever they do lose, it's going to set the legal precedent that you can't copyright a tattoo. And whenever somebody has a real reason to claim something like that, they're going to get fucked over because of this. Pretty much. I don't know what yeah. that situation would be, but in the case that it happens, they're going to get fucked. Oh, they're, they're, I don't know how much they're charging or how many infractions or infringements they're charging for, but I know that they're doing 
$150,000 per infringement is what they're trying to get. Jeez Louise. <laughs> So one point one million, so less well, than ten. But that's not. what that's what they're. So they were saying that one point one million was to. Uh, they were trying to get licensing fees. They contacted Two K Game to try to basically say, "Hey, uh, give us money," and Two uh, K was like, "No, nah, go fuck yourself." And <laughs> then they took them to court, and they're trying seeking one hundred fifty thousand dollars per infringement. So in other words, this is. Uh... This is like tattoo patent trolling. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much all it is. And so we're uh, we're pretty much on agreement here. EA is the good guys in this case. <laughs> 2K. 2K. Or 2K. Uh, 2K, I mean. Oh, man, what did I just say? <laughs> well, they seem to be the ones on, you know, maybe not the good guys, but if you want to call it the victim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably that. Um, let, let's move on to something we all we all like. Bars and strippers. Mm. He's right, you know. Um, <laughs> what, which story is this? <laughs> I, know, I know what story he's talking about. I don't know. I don't care for strippers at all. I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. You don't people. like strippers? No, I don't. Oh, oh dude. Like, have you ever tried to get some wiring done and, like, plastics in the way? Strippers are great, man. Yeah, they're they're really helpful. Nice. Um, Funny. I don't know. You, you pick them up at the hardware store, right? Yeah. Um, so Ant Simulator dev, the, the, one of the main devs has quit because his partner has spent, or both of I think he had two or three partners to play that. Anyway, the other ones working on the game decided they wouldn't work on the game and they would spend all their money on strippers and going to bars. So I find this, I found this whole story rather interesting because when I, I didn't dig into it too much, but you didn't, you didn't have to really, but. The thing I find weird about this is the fact that the so the guy uh is the guy came out and said, "Hey, my partner's blew all the money, so I have resigned from the company and therefore I cannot work on the game anymore because the company still owns it and all the assets, etc., etc., etc." But at the same time, I find it very interesting that this guy this guy has provided no proof of anything. He's just come out and went, hey, we're stopping working on this game, and I resigned because my partners, who I'm not actually going to name, decided to blow all the money on hookers and blow, and I'm kind of like, uh-huh. That's rather interesting. It's very much, you know, take my word for it. It's it's not my fault, honestly, but I'm I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm just going to ask you to take that on faith, and I'm like, this seems a little odd. I mean, it could very well be true, but at the same time, I'm like, the way he did this seems a little, I don't know. <laughs> the, the only the only reason I brought up this story was so I could make this joke of, screw you guys, I'm going to make my own video game with blackjack and hookers. Yeah. Well, with, with no blackjack and no hookers. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> strippers. Because those ruined my company. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't blackjack and hookers. It was, you know, research for the game. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to... They wanted See to see how... if there were ants in the kitchens. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate blackjack and hooker simulator. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is kind of the problem with Kickstarter. I mean, there there are games like um, Shadowrun that got released and Axiom Verge, which um, you did. That that Axiom was Kickst- Verge wasn't a Kickstarter. Oh, it wasn't. Uh... You, uh, no, the other one you were talking about. The other one you played. Oh, uh, Satellite Rain, yes. Satellite yes, Rain. Yes. So, yes. you know, there are good... There, there have been plenty of good game Kickstarters that have happened. Oh, yeah. But then you have games like this, who they take the money and are like, hmm, should we make a game, or should we 
go to the strip club. <laughs> and the stupid male mind that they have decided, mm, strip club. Strip club sounds like a good idea. Clearly the right decision. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to go see strippers. So did in, did any of you actually kickstart this or know about it before it got canceled? I, I knew not. about it. Um, only because I used to actually play Ant Simulator when it was a Warcraft 3 mod. It oh. was pretty fun, actually. I think it was actually also a game for, like, Super Nintendo or something. So, you know, somebody owns the IP and they got permission Sim to Sim Ant. I, I think you're I'm thinking of Sim Ant. Yeah. Definitely. Which, you know, it's not going to be too different. Well, I guess now it is because it's not getting made. <laughs> it's going to be exa- it's going to be very different because it's not <laughs> right. being made. But it's it was supposed to be uh, <clears throat> it was supposed to be like a VR showcase by the looks of it. Oh yeah. So I, th- I think this is completely unrelated from like actual Ant Sim. Perfect. Then I knew everything about it except I didn't. Yeah. This uh, also looking at screenshots of it. Um, it looks like whoever put together these trailers got all of their experience in, in working in 3D animation from, like, the late 90s. Um, mm. Well, to be fair, I'm probably a little I'm... exhausted from all the blackjack and hookers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, like, it looks... They had the hookers do the animation. <laughs> it, it looks like just trash. Like, I don't even... Who kickstarted this shit? Like, I... Let's see. God, where even is the... They made how much money off this? Oh, that's funny. No, that's not it. Wait, what the? Oh, I'm... the company is Etixi. Yeah, that's oh, right. That's, have... that's the company that the guy has resigned from and who apparently owns all the IPs. Ergo, he cannot continue working on it. And that the other thing I find rather surprising about <clears throat> this as well, this story, is that his two supposed partners who did all this have not said a word. Yeah. So like they have not come out to defend themselves. They have not done anything. They've just been completely radio silent, which is not what you would expect in something like this, unless it's all true. And yeah. they're like, well, if we lay low, no one will notice us. <laughs> yeah, they're like... Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, on this Kickstarter page, uh, the Kickstarter was actually for his so-called company to make a series of tutorials on how to use... Unity, Blender, GIMP, Audacity, and the only one I don't know what it is, Rain. Um, so how do you do something by spending the least amount of money possible? Yeah, and then uh, what? It, uh, there's a subheading here. That's, what kind of games can you make with this software? Well, check out this game, Ant Simulator 2014. Made using Unity, Blender, and Audacity. Made by Eric... From the ground up, art and code in about 48 hours. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. So, so in other words, like, I don't think there were any partners involved here. That guy, that was... Yeah, this Like I said, this whole thing, when you read into it, just a little bit below the surface (laughs) is like, this seems odd. And and the Kickstarter was for $4,000? Oh. Was that it? I didn't know it was that low. Yeah. Huh. That's carrying around money. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah Kickstarter held back and held funds, creators, company. Uh, yeah, hmm. and it was $4,459, which, I mean, one night at the strip club, really. <laughs> well, yeah, if it's a high-end one, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, Weird. Don't, 
don't always kickstart stuff because you, I like the only time I've kickstarted something was when I knew that the devs would probably supply something. Oh, here yeah. we go. Here we go. Uh, the team. You've got the Eric guy, uh, Devin Staley, Tyler Montz, and then there's this other guy who literally just made the Kickstarter page, and that's it. It's me. Uh-huh. It was Nathan Spruth. That's Corey <laughs> Peterson. He's on a motorcycle. That's my uh, alias. <laughs> that's his qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one on a motorcycle. I am um, on a motorcycle. Eric Tereshinki is like pointing a gun at the camera, so that's um, that's that's creepy. So Devin Staley, he was the director of operations. Um, the only thing he had going for him was that he has a bachelor's in business administration. Oh, so, oh, man. <laughs> good. He really knew it. He was. He is good. a board certified businessman. <laughs> uh, yeah. In hmm. his role, uh, this other guy, Tyler, oversees all the financial planning, accounting, and performance measurement of the company. Oops. Uh, he served mm-hmm. in a variety of accounting and auditing roles in the banking, professional services, and pharmaceutical industries. In other words, he was a bank teller, uh, whatever a professional services, and a cashier at a pharmacy. <laughs> or the guy who bought Shkreli sandwiches. I have the same qualifications, technically. I worked at a Walgreens for a while. <laughs> yeah, he has an undergraduate accounting degree from Michigan State University, so he has an associate's in, in accounting. And, oh, good. Yeah, so... Every time I hear undergraduate degree, I just think, dropout. <laughs> so in other words, I was right guys, under graduation. These guys should not have hey. been given any money. Hey, I have I have an associate's degree. Thank you very that, much. That's why I mentioned it. Oh, bastard! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This this whole thing seems seems very odd. I mean, I have a there's a blog post I've been ruminating in my head for quite some time that I will I will probably do sometime in the near near future. But more or less about how I'm you know with potential rare exception pretty much done with crowdfunding after I was fairly hot on backing Kickstarters for a while there. And it's mostly just because of really the fact that there is little to no accountability at multiple levels when it comes to Kickstarters. You know, if somebody, you know, blows all the money on on Blackjack and Hookers, there's not really much you can do about it because you can sue them. But even if you won, they don't have any money anymore. So that doesn't prove much of a point. And. I always have had a little bit of a problem in the back of my mind with how Kickstarter themselves, and not just them, but, you know, they're the most prominent platform, but any platform, I have a real problem with how they structure things to completely absolve themselves of any and all accountability in this whatsoever. Like, they got a piece of that Kickstarter, they got a piece of every other failed Kickstarter as well, and their solution... Always, when someone either doesn't complete the project or runs away with the money, is to throw up their hands and go buyer beware. And I'm all. Right. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm kind of like, well, no, you guys are profiting off of this. Like, I don't think you get to be off the hook just because you say so. But let me uh, let me shoot you a question real quick. What do you think about Patreon? Uh, say, for example, a Patreon artist gets backers. The backers pay the the tier system, whatever. And then yep. they just don't create what they promise to create. Spoonie. Patreon still gets the, the, is that Spoonie's deal? Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, for me, for me, it's really the same problem with all these platforms. Is the, the the core word of it all is accountability. Like, I don't, 
actually even have a Patreon account at all, like in terms of even contributing to anybody, because I have I have real problems with Patreon in terms of how it runs and the fact that there are people in there who use it to fund products and there are other people in there who just get money from for doing literally nothing but being angry on the Internet. And I kind of have a little bit of a problem with that, with Patreon supporting that as a business model. But it's the same thing, you know, if and you could even say it was Steam Early Access, which is kind of like crowdfunding, very different idea. But it's the same thing. There have been multiple Steam Early Access projects that have just been abandoned. And, you know, Valve won't doesn't give everyone who bought the game their money back because, you know, like or when Double Fine abandoned Space Base DF9 and pushed it to version 1.0 and what was essentially an alpha and kicked it out the door. Valve didn't give everyone their money back. They just went, well, you know, it's early access, buyer beware. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I, that's <clears throat> basically how every one of these platforms works. And I kind of have a problem with that, basically going, yeah, I, I don't think you get to profit off of this and then just throw up your hands and say, well, it's not our, you know, it's not our problem. You're the one that gave them money, deliver. not us. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. But they, they were, they were an accessory in the transaction, but they, they just kind of are like, no, nah, that's not our problem. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I thought about it for a while and I was like, I have issues with that. That's kind of what I wanted to write about it. And it's just sort of my own personal reason why I, I will buy the occasional early access title that looks mostly done and that's from a developer I know has delivered in the past. Um, but I haven't kickstarted anything in a long time and I kind of don't plan to because all the big game kickstarters that come out that really excite me, I look at and go, well, these will get funded anyway. Yeah. So uh, I can just I, buy it when it comes out if it's good. <laughs> I kick, I think I kickstarted one game last year, uh, Shenmue yeah. 3. Yep. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but just I just want to mention, so you wouldn't be in favor of me starting a, kick, uh, a Patreon? <laughs> Oh, you could start it if you want. I just I, I haven't signed up to Patreon yet, and I probably won't bother. The the Reet and Entertainment Patreon support my podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean I I'd, I'd I'd still say go ahead and do it if you want because you're going to actually use it to the way it's supposed to be, which is you're going to be funding an actual you know product out of it, uh, something that people can 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 get for it. You know, it's it's uh, and that that's okay. But I I kind of don't like. I just don't like the fact that Patreon also happily supports the business model of someone who's like, I am angry at things. Give me money for that. Right. The, like, no. So the only Patreons I've ever supported were uh, MMO Grinder because, you know, it was 10 bucks and I was like, eh, here's $10 a month. I like his videos and supporting that. And then uh, Lord Cat. I supported Lord Cat for a while because he was doing... Basically, if he met a certain goal, he was going to make Until We Wins again. And I really liked Until We Wins. I strongly disagree with that idea, by the way. Do you? Yeah, the the whole notion of going, well, I could just make this, but I'm only going to do it if you give me enough money to make it. Well, I don't... Let me check his Patreon. I think it was he put the Patreon so he could make Until We Win again. Yeah, that's but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's not what Patreon is supposed to be. Patreon's supposed to be that you you pay them in response to them making things that you enjoy, right? Uh, and and yeah. it's not supposed to be that you're holding your content for ransom because that's what sites like Kickstarter and Indiegogo are supposed to be for. So if you can't afford to make your content, then you ask people for money for that, but you don't go and ask for a regular donation for something that you don't have made already. 
Right. Like, or, or that you, you are fully prepared to make and could make, but just don't want to until you get paid for it. Right. And that's, that's what I feel like, like, like I, I personally like Patreon in the, in theory, but the, the kind of bullshit like we've talked about with, uh, classic game, room. classic game room and like that kind of shit with Lord Cat, that's what makes me dislike the, the system is because people like that will play it like that and, the the individuals who give them the money aren't even going to consider any of that. They're just going to go, well, I want more funny video, have money, and that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah, the classic uh, game room really upset me because he wanted like $10,000 a month. Yeah. And he uh, got it. He's uh, he's over $10,000 a month now. I am Jeez. not Yeah. Ever and, think you're in the wrong field? Yeah, you ever think you're not charming or charismatic enough? Uh, I mean, he's also just been doing it for a long time. That's but, true. Uh, what I was going to bring up is there's a much less popular system uh, that I uh, I have an account on, but I've never given the money just because. Um, but it's called Flatter, and yeah. that um, that's one that I think that their system is a lot more fair and and also just it's a lot harder to take advantage of, if not impossible, because the only way that anybody gets your money is if you specifically hit whatever the, the I like your thing button is on their respective website. Oh, and okay. Even if they don't have an account on the website, they still can retrieve the money. They just have to go on Flatter and find out if somebody's tried to give them money. And they you can get in contact with them and basically get the money that people have already given you. And I, I think that that's a fantastic idea, and it's a lot better than than basically saying, yeah, I'll give you $10 a month, and then just hoping that they make shit. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so. I think I think Patreon does something where you can either do it per month, or some people do it per video. You, yeah, yeah, you can, can do, do it, it. You can do it either. You can do it either on a time, or you can say like I think Lazy Game Reviews does this with his Patreon. I think he has monthly stuff, but he also has the option where you can pay. Uh, a lot of the guy, the guy who was funding mods for City Skyline through Patreon, was doing that too. He was like, every time I release a new structure, that's when people are debited. Right. Which that seems fair because that's basically saying, yo, I gotta actually make the thing before I can get paid for it. And the only thing that I see wrong with that is that it's it's still not a matter of making things of quality, and mm. I feel like that that introduces the the incentive to basically go quantity over quality, where you're putting out something every week just because it's the only way you're going to get paid. Right. And I guess the I, idea, the theory is supposed to be, you know, in that a they market will work itself out <laughs> kind of way, is that if your quality is poor, less people will contribute. Right, uh, you know that's that's but... the hope. And I wonder I if just... it does self-regulate that well. <laughs> I I really probably not. Probably yeah. not. But <laughs> I, it, the the whole like whether or not YouTube creates quality content is kind of huh. indicative. In, yeah, indicated by the fact that like PewDiePie has his own network now, and uh, yeah, well. <sighs> There's no accounting you know, for how taste. popular were the Fine Brothers before they did their thing too, which was right. you know, creatively bankrupt pap as well. So hey, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that angry. last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Patreon, you're not starting a Patreon for Greek uh, geek bravado? 
I've considered it, but I, I don't really, like, at least right now, I don't really need the money for it because it's more of a hobby. And it's more for the fact as well that I know some people, the problem with Patreon I found as well is that if you start it when you don't already have an established fan base, it's very, very hard to grow it because when you can get that initial rush of people in from having a decent fan base beforehand, it's very easy to build momentum and sort of keep it growing quickly. Right. Whereas I know a couple of other people, including a guy who hosted a, a podcast I used to be on regularly, he started up a Patreon and he his content was good, but not very popular. So he only got a couple of trickle patrons in here and there. And now it's been very hard to generate buzz and to get it built up because, you know, because he didn't have that initial rush. People look at it and go, oh, well, no one's contributing to this. So how good is this really? Right. That was, that's my, that's what keeps me from doing it is because I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, you start it up and it's like, why, why, why would I bother paying for this? Nobody else. You need momentum is basically Uh out of the gate. Like when lazy game reviews started his up, he did it specifically to say, (laughs) you know, the ad market on YouTube is incredibly fickle and incredibly volatile. And he, uh, does lazy even though lazy game reviews is not like it's a popular channel but it's not it's not massive and he makes his living off of it uh and he was kind of like yeah this is the it, this is okay but it and i'll you know i will continue to put out the content for free but getting a base on patreon helps make my income a little more consistent which allows me to take bigger risks and do bigger projects that require more money and he did that when he already had you know three hundred thousand some odd subscribers and he got a big initial rush to it. And, uh, you know, now there's good solid momentum and a community built around that that Patreon and, and what it offers. So he had a very good head start with it. But I think if you can't have that initial rush of momentum, it's very hard to grow it from there. So if I ever did start one, it would only be when my content efforts reached a certain enough size that I think I could build that, which may never happen. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, at this point, I mean, I'm unemployed right now, but when I wasn't unemployed, I was making enough money that I could afford to fund the stuff I needed out of my own pocket and not be accountable to anyone for that as well. So I was kind of like, eh, I won't bother. Yeah, that's my thing is I make enough money to pay for the podcast and the hosting and everything, so I don't really need to have anything more than what that is. So I don't really... <clears throat> I haven't started a Patreon. Maybe one day, maybe I'll become ambitious enough to actually do things that require extra money that I don't have. We'll call it the yeah. Rune Entertainment Quality Podcast. Yeah. Mm. The, re- actually, the, pre- the Patreon edition, the premium feed. I'll, <laughs> I'll spend 25 minutes working on the podcast instead of five, where I'm like, ah, levels are equal. Fuck it. Send it. One <laughs> minute of editing per dollar. Ship it. <laughs> <laughs> um... So let's let's move on. We've been talking about this subject for a good twenty minutes. Uh, who here do do any any of you guys like a uh, Grand Theft Horse? Oh yes. I oh, yeah. I thought it was, that was good. Okay. Yeah, that was so, pretty good. So apparently, if you own a digital copy for the Xbox 360, you can play it on the Xbox One. Yeah. Through through. Oh, did they pull it? Something uh, I read yeah. something about that that they apparently pulled it, which seems weird if it's already went up. But I don't know. So apparently there was somebody, uh, Lyle Laneley from NeoGaf, found that if you own a digital <laughs> copy of Red Dead Redemption on Xbox 360, you could download the game onto Xbox One. However, yeah. in order to do so, you had to follow 
Rock O Howard, Rock O Howard on the store. View his profile, view what he follows, and then choose the game. So it's like a roundabout way to do it. And so it was kind. Of, it sounds like a glitch or something. Yeah, and so I would imagine that they have it built in that Red Dead Redemption will work, but it won't work as of yet. Like they haven't actually put out the um, the emulation patch or whatever yet. Yeah, the update. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, there, and there's also licensing issues, and that's probably part of it. Well, Rockstar has to authorize it to to play on that system, and plus there's music licensing stuff that often comes up with these games and stuff like that, too. Right. So, when it does come out, do any of you besides Aroa, do you own an Xbox One Parallax? I do, yeah, and uh, I beat Red Dead Redemption on the, the 360. I still have my retail copy of it, so I I have thought about playing that game again. Uh, I, I liked it it was probably one of my favorite games of the last generation, actually. I really loved that game, and I was one of those people who kept waiting for a while, hoping that someday they would just be like, oh, by the way, here's a PC version, kind of like Capcom did with Dragon's Dogma, but Still that's waiting. probably <laughs> never happening, so if I could play it again on the Xbox One, possibly up a little bit, I'd probably play it again there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I've never actually... I, I played it a little bit... Um on the PlayStation 3, but I think I rented it and I didn't or I borrowed it from a friend. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I don't really like I didn't have enough time to really get into it. So maybe maybe if I played it again I would actually like it, but I didn't really care for it too much. It does have a much slower start than say a Grand Theft Auto game does, and Grand Theft Auto games don't exactly start off speedy either. So it it does take a little bit of a time investment to get into, but it's one of those games. I, I normally don't like games that are designed that way, but if uh, but th- that's a game where it does really pay off. Right. Have you actually have you uh, used the emulation on the Xbox One yet? Uh, I have a little bit. Uh, I did a video on Rare Replay uh, when that came out at launch last year, and Rare Replay was interesting because uh, it has a bunch of rares. 360 titles in it and it was actually using the backwards compatibility system before it was uh, basically before it was released to the general public so if you owned rare replay you had access to those games uh to play through the the framework even if even though it wasn't public yet and um i played around with uh like viva pinata and banjo kazooie nuts and bolts and that and it seems spot on uh Apparently it's not perfect. I've watched a couple of Digital Foundry videos. Apparently the Mass Effect games have some pretty Ooh, severe yeah. frame rate drops. But well, most games are pretty anyway. fine. It looks like games that have engines that are modified in weird and fancy ways that are having issues. But uh, apparently most games are straight on. Because all it's doing apparently is it literally is just spinning up a virtual machine <laughs> in the 360, in, in the Xbox One that just looks like a straight up 360. Right. Except um, for I know there's some weird issues with I think... Uh, one of the Halo games, the way that yeah, they force Halo three, yeah, the or, way they or is it or Reach. Reach? I think it's Reach. Yeah, I the, think it's they, Reach. They they force VSync or something like that, which is funny. Yes. We were talking about it earlier. They force VSync so it like cuts the frames in half. Yeah, during some bad firefights, <clears throat> it drops to like sub twenty frames a second, like to basically unplayable levels. Right. Uh, yeah, that was in the same video Digital Foundry did with. Uh, that and uh, they showed the mass effects and stuff like that. Basically, games that that use very weird, uh, uh, like GPU 
GPU calls and things like that that basically make the system act in a way that it wasn't really intended to originally. The VM has a hard time catching up with that, but that is something they could technically fix in software. Hopefully they will at some point. But uh, I wonder, though, because, yeah, Rockstar's Rage engine that powered Red Dead Redemption and GTA 4 and that is a, an engine that, you know, did a lot of weird things and kind of made the 360 do stuff no one thought it could. So I wonder how that will handle being emulated. <laughs> Probably, uh, hopefully very well, but it might yeah. handle it poorly. Because, yeah. I mean, there's excellent draw distance. Like, the game was a, a very good-looking game for the last it was generation. A, it was a stunner, yeah, at the time, absolutely. It probably still holds up pretty well even now. So, uh, But, yeah, I've, I've wanted an excuse to play that again that, uh, you know, that didn't involve hooking my... Th well, my 360's on my desk in my capture gear, but, yeah, I'd be nice to... If I could play that with a little bit of upresing or whatever on, on Xbox One, I would totally do that. I hope they get that squared away soon. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. Did either did Con uh, Connor or Ro have anything to say on this? I love yeah. that game. Hope to see it come out again. I don't own a console, though. Yeah. Yeah. PC. I mean, PC Metroid. They could put that game out on PC with some up-res texture work and stuff right now for for full price, and it would sell well. I'm almost I'd, certain of it. I'd pick yeah. it up. Heartbeat. I would, love too. That game. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people would, um, especially if you could put your own custom soundtracks on the horse. <laughs> it just, I, I got there, and I and they've got the perfect title right there: Red Dead Remastered. Done. <laughs> See, yeah, perfect. It. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I I call it Red Dead Emulation. Mm. Um. Anyway, let's talk about you guys hate Apple, right? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, this is the you know, the Retailer Entertainment Podcast. This is the Reet Reeton hates Apple podcast. The Reeton Apple, the Reeton Apple hate fest. Yes, I, I hate <laughs> them less than you guys do, but <laughs> still, oh, we we forgive you for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so apparently they rejected the Binding of Isaac for the iPad because um, apparently it says Apple apparently doesn't allow software depicting violence towards or abuse of children. I want to point out that this game is on the 3DS and Wii U. Yeah. Didn't it, they Nintendo... have a problem? Didn't they? I, I seem to remember this. Didn't Edmund McMillan say at one point that they had they had to really kick up a fight with Nintendo to get that on the 3DS? Because they, yes. they, Nintendo had gripes similar to what Apple's were? Well, Nintendo's gripes were that Nintendo of America has a very strict policy on not having any real-world religions in any of the games that they release. Oh, that's right. Yep. And, I that's mean, the right. entire fucking game is just one big bash on Christianity, so... Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Well, as <laughs> is much much of what Edmund McMillan makes. Yeah. Right. So, like, yeah. that, that, was, that was what Nintendo's big thing, was that, like, you know... The, everything about the game is real world religion. Uh huh. Yeah. And, but uh, oh, I have but, no but idea. Say, now, here's a question. Now, I, I have not played a lot. I played some of the original Binding of Isaac. I have Rebirth, I think, on my PS4, and I haven't touched it yet. But is the. Because Isaac is the one enacting most of the violence, is there actually violence against children in there? Or is the idea that because. Isaac is technically being abused by his mother. That's where they see the child abuse happening. The only thing I can think... Because, I mean, there are little cutscenes in between levels. 
not where he's actually mm. getting hit or anything, but like it shows him being kind of neglected. Yeah, neglected and stuff. And at yeah. the very beginning of the game, it's like, uh, and then God told Isaac's mom to fucking stab him in the chest. And yeah. so maybe that's it. And there also Probably. are various like cues that indicate that uh, because of that whole thing, Isaac suffocated to death inside of his toy chest. And like it turned it, into a blue baby. Yeah, there's blue baby. Um which is literally just maybe more over yet. maybe less direct violence and more overarching themes of violence that they're towards children that they're up, yeah. up in arms about. But I'm I'm willing to bet it's more likely that the person who played the game was just a pansy ass <laughs> and uh and went, eh, I don't like it. No yeah. Apple store for you. And well, and that's, that's the that. frustrating thing, and I've I've seen these Apple rejections before, and this is one of the things that's really frustrating, is that when they reject you, they will do things like say, well, we've rejected this because there's violence against children in it, but then they won't tell you in what context they see it. Like, they won't go, here is an example of the thing that got us to reject it, so that maybe you could fix it. You know, he could. So now Edmund McMillan would have to do this back and forth where if he wanted to change the game to suit Apple, which knowing him, he would probably go fuck you. Yeah. Uh, But if he wanted to change the game to suit Apple, you know, he could change some stuff, resubmit it and hope he got whatever bugbear pissed them off the first time because they don't actually tell you, um, which is just uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I. it's it's hard to say whether or not this is the kind of thing where, like, you know, I'm an Android user, but it's hard to say if, you know, Google Play wouldn't do the same thing. But, I mean, the one advantage, I suppose, is that if Google Play did it, he could just sell an APK somewhere and you could run it on your Android phone anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, I, I wonder, I, I've never understood, like, and this is not a problem with Apple in general so much as it is a problem with just closed platforms in general, you know, technically... If he wanted to put this out for the two people in the world who still use Windows phones, you know, Microsoft could technically do the same thing if they wanted to. Or if he put it on the Windows 10 store, they could do the same thing if they wanted to. But And that's the the real problem I just have with super close platforms in general is that, it, it, you know, unless you want to hack your iPhone, it is one gatekeeper and whatever rules they want to impose, whether they're reasonable or not. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, they'll, uh, they'll reject you, anything. You yeah. can, like, if you own a Mac, basically, um, and you run Xcode, you actually can sideload apps now. Um, you could. The, the fact is you shouldn't need workarounds <laughs> to do this kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah. It's and, and that's more work and requires more specific stuff than, say, sideloading an APK on Android or just downloading a, you know, if Steam rejected it, just downloading a DRM-free version from his website and running it. Well, it's right. kind of like, um, what was I thinking? The, it, when they, when the Apple, they're like, oh, you guys can create your own custom ringtones now. And this was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And at the time, I had an iPhone 4. And... My friend was trying to tell me how to do it, and he's like, okay, you got to go into your computer, and you got to take the file, and you got to put it in here, and you got to cut it out, and then you have to export it into iTunes, and then you have to hook it up, and you know, I was like, whoa, 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 fuck that. What? 
Right. You know what I do on my Nexus 5? I plug it into the computer, I drag it into a folder. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And I was just like, this (laughs) is done. Yeah. Like, this is like, they have to make the most asinine thing. They're like, you can technically do it, but you have to go through all these steps that no average user is going to be able to do. And all of which are tied through proprietary Apple products like iTunes. Yeah. You know, And, and that's kind of the thing is it's, it's more, you know, and like I said, it's 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 less of an Apple specific problem in this case. Like it it is the fact that Apple's the one who rejected it, but it's less of a specific problem with this, and just more of an inherent issue of why I don't really like hyper closed platforms in general. Just because, you know, I mean, Apple is famous for some other rejections. Like they had a a guy made a game once that was designed to satirize and bring light to the fact that, you know, there were major problems with employee suicide at one of the Chinese factories that builds the iPhone, and they made a game talking about that, and Apple pulled that, and I forget what their reason was, but it was basically, the real reason was, um, you're bringing to light this bad thing, we don't want people to know about us. Right, and I don't really like any system that allows any gatekeeper, whether it be Apple or Microsoft or console manufacturer or whatever, to have the power to to do that. And you know, know, we should technically Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo all have this power, but you know what? They all let Binding of Isaac on their platforms. So (laughs) we we should make a game where you're you're like the CEO of a company, Mm -hmm. and you like work through the tax year and try to get as much money as possible, and then you you can either give bonuses to your employees or store all the money in offshore bank accounts. Yeah. Are you just describing Tropico? No, I'm just describing <laughs> Apple and what Apple does. Yeah. I don't. I've never played Tropico. Someone needs to make a game where, the, and they could make this a ripoff of Papers Please, where you just need to be the guy who has to approve or deny thousands of of app approvals <laughs> that comes in for different reasons. You could just, yeah, you could just, you could just call it like Apple's Please or something, where you just you're the guy who has to sit there and you have to see this game and it plays a little clip of a game and you have to try to to approve or reject it and if you don't reject it and if you reject it you have to come up with a reason but if the reason's wrong or if you reject something that shouldn't have been or approve something that shouldn't have been you're penalized and like tim cook comes into your office and flays you or something (laughs) (laughs) Something that escalated quickly no 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 it's uh it's uh tim took yeah, yes, you can't. You can't use his real no, you, name. You, know, you said Tim Cook. They would send it. They they wouldn't just disapprove your app. They would probably swat you or something. Probably. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. All these guys would show up with with you know shiny silver suits with Apple logos in the middle and. No, they can't. They can't be apples. They have to be pears. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. or bananas that's or true. something. That's true. Yes. No, he's saying in real life. Oh, okay. If you use Tim, Tim Cook's name. Tim and, Cook's special elite as Tim Cook's special elite takedown task force, right? Yeah, they um, read the DMCA to you as they beat you with clubs. Oh. <laughs> the actual elite beat agents. Oh, who's gonna get that? Right to accept or deny this agreement for your liking. We're gonna hit yes. you anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll hit you while you read the EULA. Do you accept? If you accept, the beatings stop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I mean, really, it, at the end of the day, I mean, this is Apple being the puritanical selves, and it is reason number 742,821 to not own Apple products. Yeah, don't buy Apple products, you're bad, Aroa. Bad. Well, I don't own one. 
You've th- you've I've thought about it. I have thought about it on multiple occasions, but but my... if you thought about it and realized the better thing later, that's good. That means you're yeah, you're still my, you're still my shitty, in the room. buggy Android experience is uh, is what wins me over every time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just I just love spending three hours every day trying to figure out what's eating my battery now. <laughs> why, did, why did Google Play services crash every three seconds whenever I did that? I don't I don't know. Whatever. Probably all the porn you're downloading. That's just I'm not even exaggerating. There's something <laughs> some wake lock that I killed that every three seconds Google Play services crashes, and I had I ended up just removing everything from my blacklist and I'm starting over and. I was gonna, that's actually yeah, exactly those are pretty important ask. services. Um, a lot of times, because I used to, I did that with my uh, Nexus 10. I pretty much disabled anything that wasn't an essential service, and I started experiencing these hiccups. Like, hey, wow, some of these things actually are required on the back end. I don't want them to be required, but they are still required. Yeah. And most of them, most of the ones I was getting rid of were like location shit, and I think it has something to do with because the only thing I've changed is that I have a Wear Watch now. And as opposed to a pebble. And I think that there's something to do with the way that Android communicates with the wear devices that it's trying to do something through play services and it can't do it and it's getting mad. So it just crashes. Oh, okay. It's like, what you, you want this, you want this. Yes. And then it just dies. I like how Andrew turned to sound like Gollum there for a second. (laughs) He wants this. this. You want to watch? <laughs> um, let Let's move on before we just start bashing on Apple for two hours. That's that's where our that's, that's what podcast. That's that's whenever they do their. That's uh, our inaugural podcast. Yeah, yeah, that was our our first podcast was bashing on Apple for two, three hours. <laughs> yep, and I'm not even kidding. We did the uh, I think it was the Apple Wear. It was conference. Um... It was whenever they announced the the MacBook. Oh god! Uh, with USB C and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yes. Fucking trash. Stupid. Anyway, let's move on uh, to bashing another company, sort of a little bit. I actually like this company, Bethesda. Mm. So oh. apparently, there's somebody who has Fallout Three. It looks like, and yeah, it was Fallout Three, and one of the discs. From the vinyl collection that he had, are they still called discs? Anyway, and one of the records was broken, and so he wanted, or it got warped, and so when he got refunded the money for it, they gave him twenty five dollars for the one damaged record, which makes sense to me, and he wanted a full refund, and so he had to break with a hammer. All four of the records. And if you click on the link, you can see all four of the records laying there broken. I... Did they tell him, break the rest of the records and we'll give you a refund? Or did he have to create the the illusion that, well, no, actually they were all broken? It looks like they asked him. Yeah, they they said something to the effect of, the the reason why we gave you $25 was because only one of them was broken. If all of them are broken, then we can give you a full refund. In which yeah. case, that's not them saying break your shit and we'll give you your money. That's them saying, hey, full value for full deficit. 
Yeah, uh, right. hello, Paul. You only showed that one of the records was damaged, so we refunded you for that damaged record. Yeah. If the other records are similarly effective, provide photos. However, if they're not affected and you would like a full refund for the product, please follow the instructions below for this limited edition item. Step one, destroy the other records. Step two, provide photos of the damaged re records. Once I get those photos, I will happily refund you for your order. Thank you, and what have a wonderful day. the actual hell? <laughs> Like, and oh this picture of him, like, crying. <laughs> no, it didn't have to come to this. I'm so sorry. I I wouldn't have done it. I would yeah, have just, like, my... found some old records, smacked some, like, stickers on there, and been like, woo, money. Follow, just, smash. Like, why, why do you need a refund for the whole thing? That yeah. bad. Also, Fallout 3 came out. Before 2000, what, 2009 or 2010? Yeah, or 09. Christ, that's, you're kind of past the point of no return for getting a refund. I'm surprised yeah. they even gave him a refund. thing is weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would think that if they had a, any in stock or anything, they could have sent him a replacement. They almost certainly don't have that stuff on stock. That's Probably like not. No, Overstock limited not press. I'm sure they don't. That kind of stuff. They they made that they made that for the explicit like <laughs> they made as many as they made and that was it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm. I don't get what like. Oh no! One record was broken. Yeah. Big deal. You got your refund for that record. You have the others. You know what like, I? You know what I would have done. Fucking, I would have taken the, the $25 and taken the warp disc or the warp. I, I would have just not took the $25. I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't want the $25 to give me the warp disc. And I'd put it on a pack and I would have fucking sold it online <laughs> because right. you would make Fair a lot defects. more. You'd make so much more money like that. Yeah, you just say. I, you know what I bet this whole thing was? It was the person in customer service went to their boss and said, <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> what if I tell him that if he breaks the other records and sends me a picture, we'll give him his money back? Is that cool? They're like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> see, if the, see if the bitch will do it. See if he'll do it. And then they, they, he sends the picture and they're like, holy shit, he actually did it. Fuck. And now that a printout of that picture is up in their call center on the wall down in the little babe. You know it. Yeah, he he is he is the customer service joke. Yeah, there's always one. Oh my god, yeah. there's so much more than one. Yeah, there are. I you had customer service. We if we hate you, you are famous. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Apparently, Bethesda responded to his tweet about it and asked for his ticket number. So this could have possibly just been the customer service rep being a huge asshole. <laughs> and he actually went along with it, so... Huh. So I, I had... Because I used to work at a call center. And I had a lady who called in, and she had set up a warranty previously with another representative. And so they set up the warranty, and the idea was that she would then send that phone back to us. We'd inspect it, make sure that the it was under warranty, and then send her a new phone. Well, in between the time of her setting up the warranty and actually sending out the item, it got cracked on the screen, the phone. <coughs> so she sent the phone to us. We looked at it and we're like, screen's broken, and sent it back to her and like, yeah, it doesn't qualify under warranty. So she called me and she's like, 
well, when I set up the warranty, it wasn't cracked. I'm like, yeah, but it was fucking cracked before you sent it to us. Um, so we're not going to be able to give you the fucking warranty. And so we had like a 45-minute conversation about how this cracked phone wasn't going to get a warranty. And so I could see this customer service representative just being like, I don't I don't really give a shit. Here's 25 bucks. Break the rest of the records if you want the 125. <laughs> and then oh shit, he did it. <laughs> so um do any of you you none of you guys have this these records, do you? No. 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 Did you I didn't even know this existed. Um I didn't I didn't either actually. I I actually bought the because I was, it was after a breakup at the time, and I was retail therapying. I bought the uh, Fallout Three Collector's Edition that came in like the lunchbox thing, but yeah, I, didn't I got know that too. A, I didn't know there was a vinyl thing. I mean, that's pretty neat if you're a hipster. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's. I, I mean, that was when the vinyl game soundtrack thing was starting. I mean, it's actually fairly popular these days, but. Uh, yeah, that's, it doesn't surprise me given that it's, you know, the game is mostly sort of old timey music and whatnot, but yeah, I hadn't heard about it. It must've been some real limited edition thing. It must've been. I didn't even know. Um, did, did Aroa, Connor, did either of you know about this? Uh, um, I knew I... that it existed. Sure. But I wasn't going to buy that. All that stuff's in like public domain. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it came out in November. Oh, it came out in uh, November. So yes, it was... it was actually a pretty recent release. Honestly. Oh, okay. Weird. Yeah, you got three LPs and one seven-inch, uh, and it includes the full game score. That I mean, it's pretty. So neat, it's but... yeah, it's not it's not the music in the game; it's the score of the game. Oh, okay. So it's oh, I get you. I got you. It's the it's the orchestral background music that I I don't know. Everyone I know that plays Fallout just turns it off and. Either plays their own music or something like that. I I don't. I do try my best to do one playthrough of just the music they made, just because a it makes the game a lot grimmer, and b it's just kind of you know the world the world's a wasteland. Really embrace it. I embrace it by playing death metal. <laughs> yeah. While I while I shoot people. Yeah. So, well, see, I, mean... I I stream everything, so you know I don't want them to. Mute my audio. After... <laughs> when it goes to archives, that's or... what I have local recordings for. Oh, okay. See, yeah. and, I'll yeah. put them on YouTube, and they get muted on YouTube. That's what I do. <laughs> it's yeah. true. That's that's, that's gonna be. I don't, I don't stream. That's gonna be rock band night. So. Yeah, that is actually. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, and, and then I I I they muted mine on uh, Connect Dancing Night. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's actually, just three fat men dancing silently. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey! Casey and I are really you know, that. when you think about it, that's art right there. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to put a thing that says Finn at the end. Finn. <laughs> oh, Finn. Okay. Put it black and white, and some French titles. That's it. All right. <laughs> it's every place. All right, we got one more story, guys. Uh. Jonathan Blow apparently is he's the creator of Braid and the newest game is The Witness, which I have no idea what the witness is. Uh it's played Line the same puzzles. puzzle over oh. and over and over 
and over and get 10 out of 10s on every game review site. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the puzzle is actually patience instead of difficulty. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So apparently it it's... a Jonathan Blow game and therefore a critical hit. Yeah, and and I I from what I understand Jonathan Blow's kind of a jerk in real life. He's not really a jerk, he's just um very high-minded and doesn't mind speaking that to people. Oh, okay. He's a, he is a very very smart guy, a very very talented guy, but he he speaks very eloquently, but also he doesn't he doesn't censor himself at all. He will say things that come across as very, very arrogant just because he's just stating what he thinks. You know, he's not intending yeah. to be a jerk. He just tends to sound like one. Uh, so kind of like, but not as much as uh, Phil Fish. Oh, he's yeah, not. Was, well, that's yeah. the thing. Phil Fish was just a prick. Like, Jonathan <laughs> yeah. Poe doesn't strike me as someone who's mean-spirited or a prick. He just... He speaks pretentiously, and he doesn't. I don't think he really realizes it. What what he's doing, like he's not doing it to be an intentional douchebag. He just, if you listen to him, he can come across that way. Phil Fish is just an asshole. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'm not gonna make this game because you guys don't deserve it. Yeah. yeah. But, well, I'll have to learn well, to live with that pain. <laughs> no, oh no. Oh no, not not a. Yeah, I have to go without yet another mediocre 2D platformer. Darn it. really so obtuse sad. puzzles in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Like, that's the thing with The, the Witness is a game that would never, that I know will not appeal to me at all, but apparently, like, the big reviews that I've been hearing, and I've heard some podcast discussion about it and that, and apparently, if you are into that kind of game that stresses your brain in that way, it is apparently exquisitely well-made and, like, has some really good mind-bending puzzles in it and that, I just, that's not for me. Yeah, so I fully intend on getting it. To be honest, um, I'm going to yeah. get it the same way that other people are getting it. Pirating it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was actually a decent segue. Fuck you guys. Anyway, <laughs> so, All right. So the thing about this is that apparently it is getting pirated left and right. Uh, and Phil Fish is not happy about that. Jonathan Blow is not happy about it. Uh, Jonathan I'm sure Blow's. Phil Fish probably isn't either. but uh, <laughs> Phil Fish is just not a happy person. He's never happy. <laughs> yeah, but Jonathan Blow is not very happy about his game getting pirated either. Uh, so, actually, Aroa brought this up, so, so do you want to mention talk about it a bit? Um, I mainly have one problem with what he says, um, but I'll give an overall uh, reading of it. So, basically... Um, the big thing is that The Witness is $40 as opposed to Jonathan Blow's original game, Braid, which was 10 And uh, considering how much hype The Witness has had built up around it, it is obviously going to get pirated out the ass. It also was released on PC, and I don't think Braid, or Braid was initially, so no. that doesn't help matters much. Yeah, it was Xbox, I believe. Yeah, yeah initially, um, and then it came to everything else later. Yeah, because it's a goddamn masterpiece, and uh, yeah. everyone should play it. Um, totally. So Braid? he, yes, Braid. Yeah, Braid was uh, pretty awesome. Uh, it is. It is one of the best games I've ever played. Um, mm. He said he's glad that people are playing the game uh, that maybe wouldn't have, but I also want to be able to make another comparable game next. Just saying. <laughs> um, this is a really common argument that uh, goes on and there's never really been an answer to, for either side that does piracy really hurt the amount of that hurt your bottom line. And mm -hmm. of course it does. Uh, but 
people that are more on the side of pirates will often ask, well, would they have bought the game anyway? And I think in the case of Braid, yeah, they would have um, if they didn't have the option of piracy. But The Witness being a $40 game that honestly from the trailers doesn't look all that compelling like at all should i think it should be twenty dollars um well it's just there's so much content in there it's long oh yeah it's it's a massive game and even after i think 600 plus puzzles in it or something it's crazy like like you can finish the game uh playing less than a fourth or so of what it actually has to offer um and and you can go back all over the island like it it draws a lot of inspiration from games like mist where there's just so much that you can just kind of gloss over and and there's it looks like an amazing game but it's forty dollars and it's a puzzle game and no one's gonna want to pay for that uh so i don't think that piracy is really hurting him as bad as he would like to say that it is but the big problem that I have with him complaining about it is that near the bottom, um, he starts talking about DRM. Yep. And yeah. he's saying that, well, the witness has no DRM, right. which is why it's so easy to pirate. And he says that he doesn't like the idea of DRM, but now he's forced to consider it. Uh, um, not really and, forced. And he, well, that's what that's what I think for. Well, I mean, he said forced to consider it. I don't think forced to implement it, but I'm sure right. he's now thinking about it in the sense of, well, if I had it, would it have made a difference or not? I don't know. No. And the answer no. is uh, no, <laughs> not, not not in the slightest. Yeah. No, overwhelming. No. <laughs> yeah. The only the only thing that DRM does is make people hate your game more. Uh-huh. Um like the the bare bones DRM that Steam offers will limit people from basically throwing it on a flash drive and sharing it around because you could literally do that apparently. I didn't know it was DRM free. Um <clears throat> but as far as actual pirates, the only uh DRM that actually works is the one that is only being used in like five or six games. We talked about it a few uh, weeks ago. Yeah, we did. Um but it, what that's games the, was that? Uh, Just Cause Three was one of those. Yeah, games. Just Cause Three is really the only big one recently. Um, Dragon Age Inquisition had it, and it was cracked on Dragon Age. Um, yeah, but, it wasn't Just Cause Three the one where the the piracy group said they basically given up on it because they've spent so long and they just can't figure it out. Yeah, it's it's because of the the DRM. I'm guessing just actually uses like good encryption practices yeah um yeah. like like it's it's fantastic drm but it's still been broken before it'll get mm-hmm. broken eventually uh it's a matter of the chinese group that gave up on it probably just doesn't think it's viable enough um yeah. mm-hmm. but the idea of implementing drm in your game to prevent piracy is is naive at best uh and this has been proven over however many years now uh with that only that only that one drm company whatever the hell that you want to call them being successful in deterring piracy and you want to know what i honestly think that that probably actually lowered the sales of the game more than anything else because 
I never played um, Dragon Age Dragon Age Inquisition until it was free as part of my EA Access subscription that I don't have anymore. Why don't you um, have it anymore? Because I realized that I literally never turn on my Xbox One. Oh, okay. Um, I, I only play Guitar Hero and Rock Band on it. That's it. So it was pointless. You're um, pointless. And then... Uh, fucking what was it the western dark souls game that came out that i can't oh, ever remember the name of uh i can't remember either. it was really oh, bad the, you mean um you mean the oh the european one yeah <laughs> the one that Friggin', was um <laughs> yeah i know what you're talking about yeah it's it's literally just dark souls but they put lord of chaos i don't know i don't know lords of actually i think it's lord it might be lords of shadow no, oh, okay. that's a Castlevania game. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, damn hang it, on, I'll find it. Now I'm going to lose my damn mind if I don't know what this is. I hate that. I know who the developer was, so I can find it. Lords of the Fallen. Oh, I yeah, knew it was Lords it. of something. It was, yeah, it was Lords of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was one of the first ones that actually had that DRM on. And, and, and it I got didn't... cracked. Did it? I thought it, it did got, eventually. Yeah. It took a while, but it did yeah, eventually. You see, that was that was a case of me just going, "All right, it's not getting cracked. I guess I give up." And I never played it, and I still <laughs> haven't bought it because I'm I just don't care. And it's also like even on sale, it's twenty five dollars, which is stupid. So, mm. yeah, it, it it I would say that in that situation, not letting people pirate it might have actually hurt their sales because maybe I would have bought it later or at least told people to buy it. Well, I mentioned this before, uh, Dragon Age Origins. Yeah. The Well, I played that when it first came out uh, this was years ago. And, yeah. uh, God, I'm thinking of how many years ago it was. I'm like, oh, I'm so old. Anyway, so the first time I played that, I was like, man, this game is great. And so I went out and I actually bought it. Because I pirated it first, kind of had a demo of it, and I was like, man, this game is amazing. Went and actually, the next day, went down to GameStop and purchased the game. So, yeah. uh, piracy, I think a lot of people, at least for me, I use it sometimes to say, hey, this is a demo of a game. I can see if I like it. If I don't like it, I'll uninstall it. Um, and I think... There might be other people who do that, but I mean, there are people out there, of course, who will just pirate the game and say, ha ha, I got this game for free and you didn't. In which case it's oh. like, stop being a dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah stop I being mean, an that asshole. Was, that was my high school years, really. Uh, I mean, I, I that was, that was a lot of mine too, yeah. <laughs> I pirated the shit like, out of Xbox 360 like, games. I don't pirate anymore, and I have, like, I, I. I don't like to, like, now that I have the money to buy stuff and it's never been easier to find out with YouTube and everything else whether or not a game is good. I personally don't like pirating anything anymore, so I make a point to not do it. But, like, I don't, like, my girlfriend pirates a bunch of television and stuff, but I don't bother her about it. I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's it's different for me, like, with TV. If it's something I can watch on TV and it was free TV. Um, yeah. I I just I don't have the time sometimes, or I'm not awake when, you know, well, it's airing. So it's yeah, kind of like tivoing exactly. it. Well, that's yeah. the case. Of, that that's one of the original arguments for piracy was that it was more convenient than what was being offered. Because yeah. back in the days, and piracy of like... in many ways has gone down now with the advent of things like Netflix and that. Because uh -huh. 
Exactly. They made it easy to get at the content. And, you know, because piracy is not the easiest thing in the world. You got to understand how torrent stuff works, which a lot of people don't who aren't technically literate. And, you know, torrent sites are full of viruses and all sorts of other stuff. So it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's just turning on your TV, clicking a button, and there's your thing. Exactly. Right? And, and even platforms like Steam and that have done that. And like the the flip side of this too, right, is that Jonathan Blow came out and he he said this. And I think his response to how he approached the fact that this game is being so pirated was fairly reasoned compared to how another a lot of developers have said it. You know, he said the game's being pirated. He didn't call the he didn't pull a Crytek and call the pirates, you know, evil and that you're ruining the industry and blah, blah, blah. He just came out and said People are pirating this. I wish they bought it so I could make another comparable game, but I'm also glad people are playing it. So, you know, I guess that's that. Like, it was a fairly reasoned response. But yeah. at the same time, he also said that this game is on track to sell more in its first week than the than uh, Braid did in its first year. Uh, and that's taking into account the fact that it costs four times as much as Braid did. Granted... He spent like eight years making this and had a team of people instead of just him. So I'm sure it cost a lot more to make and it has to sell a lot more to make its money back. Right. But, you know, even with the piracy, a lot of people are still stepping up and paying the $40. Yeah. Uh, which which is good to see as well. So yeah. I think it's just at the end of the day, he's kind of, you know, like I said, his response seemed fairly reasoned. It was like, yeah, I wish people didn't pirate it. But if they are, at least they're getting to experience my art, which is, you right. know. And I guess I, the best way, if you have to speak on piracy, kind of the best way to talk about it. And I think that part of it is is the price of forty dollars. Like it's a lot. It it's quite a bit for a game that people look at and they go, it doesn't have the greatest graphics. It looks okay, uh, and it's just kind of a puzzle game. And the only puzzle game that anyone's really wanting to spend money on that like that much money on would be Portal. Uh, like if they came out with a Portal Three. And Portal um, had a huge story in it and tons of humor and yeah. fairly advanced level design and everything else, you know, and that this is just, I mean, the puzzles in this apparently are, are quite impressive, but it is literally 40 hours of variants of line puzzles and walking around this island and occasionally like an audio, a, a, a cryptic audio log plays like that's the whole thing. See, and I think that if it does go on sale, say during, I don't know, whatever next steam sale is summer sale. Yeah. Or spring sale, or whatever Memorial Day sale, or I don't know Black History Month sale, whatever the they Tuesday, do. The It's Tuesday sale. <laughs> yeah, um, whenever it goes on sale, it'll probably like it'll probably be let's say twenty five dollars is probably what it'll go down to, or thirty, and yeah. people will probably pick it up then. I know that yeah. for me, price is a a barrier for for things quite a bit. Uh, yeah. I watch wrestling. I bring it up about every podcast. You do, and. Um, I I would pirate the pay-per-views cuz I'm not going to spend 50 bucks on a pay-per-view. But well, you just get WWE Network. Well, that's the thing. I when WWE Network came out, I stopped pirating it oh, and I just started paying for WWE Network because it's $10 a month. So the yeah. barrier of entry is a lot less to get into to pay for those pay-per-views. So, yeah. I think that also, it's kind of the same thing with games. Huh? How do you even pay for a pay-per-view if you don't already have TV service? Can you even do that? Um, probably stream it or something. Yeah, I think there are ways that you could have could have got it. I probably yeah. would have got had to get cable. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's and that's another hundred dollars a month or something. I don't know yeah. what ridiculous prices are on cable because I'm at cable in like 
20 years. Yeah, um, I haven't had cable since 09, and I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm with you. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was were, were ways I could have done it. I know that I have some friends who... Um, <laughs> all right, I knew some people when I used to live in Prineville that would purchase the pay-per-view and then have people come to their house and give them like five or ten bucks per pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, I knew people who did that too. You you basically split the pay-per-view for amongst people and then it doesn't cost much of anything. Yeah, um, and yeah. they do that with boxing too. I know they do that with yep. boxing matches and um, yep. other pay-per-view things. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch sports really, so... <laughs> No, we're we're recording this during the Super Bowl, I think. Yep. <laughs> are we? we oh, are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Super Bowl. I so don't care of... about no sports ball. Yeah, me neither. So... I care about hockey during the playoffs when my local team is in it. That's because that... you're Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're yeah. Canadian. That's like in your yeah. Blood. When the <laughs> Ottawa Senators are in the playoffs, I'll pay attention. And I live literally a twenty minute walk from where the Senators play. And like, yeah, I. I care about it when they're in the playoffs. Other than that, I don't pay attention. <laughs> right. So, yeah. uh, so the witness, uh, none of you guys have played it yet. No, no. Nope. I've watched footage of it. I've heard lots of podcast discussion about it, but I, I haven't touched it. I, funny enough, the, the puzzle game that I, that actually caught my eye, I bought it super cheap during the steam holiday sale. Um, I bought, I picked up Talos principle. No, yeah. I've heard good things about that. Well, yeah, it, it's 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 a mind another mind, crazy mind bender game, but it's much more advanced. It's, it, the puzzles are quite varied, and it's a first person game where you have to actually manipulate objects and stuff. It plays more like a portal than say the Witness would, and uh, I haven't started it yet. I'm actually trying to see when my girlfriend gets back from her work trip. I want to see if. Uh, it strikes me as one of those games that would be really cool is if I piped it out to the TV from my computer, if we sort of both sat there and helped work on puzzles together and stuff, I think it might be cool for that. And yeah, it looks, it looks real. I, I just screwed around in the tutorial area a little bit and it looks really cool. And it looks as someone who is not really into puzzle games in general, that looks like more my scene just because there's a lot more mechanics to it and a lot more manipulation. It's not like the, the thing that turns me off about the witness is it's just, maze puzzles and line puzzles over and over and over again for 40 hours and i don't think i could do that whereas talos principle looks like it mixes things up in a lot of different ways and just has a lot more variety and to it that i think will make it make it more interesting so it it, I, it is it it gets repetitive at times but what kept me going in the talos principle is that it is extremely like philosophical um, yes, it is. I've I, heard that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you watched uh, Yahtzee's uh, Zero Puncturation review on it, but it, it, yeah, it's very much like how he put it, where it, it is what you get if you make a philosophical game. Um, yeah. If you made a game about philosophy, that'd be what you get, and it's not. It's not like the most like gameplay wise, not the most engaging, but uh, <laughs> the gameplay combined with the in depth thinking not even story really but the, the just the thought that went into everything in that game is is really what makes it i'm gonna get yeah. i'm gonna be reading twitter here in two weeks after parallax abstraction plays the game with its girlfriend and i'm gonna see parallax say my girlfriend and i broke up we had a fight yeah. over we had a fight thanks over crow team yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll see. Well, I don't even know if she'd be interested in it because she, she's not really much of a gamer. She plays Civ Five and she plays a, a couple of other things like that. But not I, much of a gamer. <laughs> plays so Civ she plays Civ, that, She's not much of a gamer in the sense that she plays Civ Five and that's pretty much it. But uh, you know, but but I've convinced her to try a couple of other things, and I I just thought this was so interesting that she you know that this might be, and she's got a a very good brain for puzzles and stuff, so I figured this might be something she'd be into. So. I mean, I don't know what difficulty she plays on, but if she plays fucking Civ Five casually, then uh, yeah, gotta... that's that's pretty much it. And I don't I don't know what ca- caught her with that game, but she likes it quite a bit. I I told her I should sit her down with City Skylines or something like that because that would probably be right up her alley. <laughs> Have you got but, her uh, uh, Beyond Earth? No, she hasn't. She yeah, she, I haven't tried that. She hasn't either. But I, I I've suggested that too. I've uh, yeah, one of these. That's the thing is she she doesn't really have a lot of interest in games like I had to really convince her to try out Civ 5 and it was by playing multiplayer with me that I kind of got her into that and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with stuff like Talos Principle and that is just convince her no just try this out you may very well be surprised at how much you enjoy it like I don't want to turn her into the the kind of person who plays games to the degree that I do but I've always told her I'm like there's certain ones that I think you would probably really get into and uh, I'm trying to help her figure out what those are. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've never been able to convince my girlfriends to play video games. So good job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. She might do this, or she might spend five minutes with Talos Principle and be like, "Nah, this ain't my thing." Yeah. But I've you con- never know. I've convinced girls to to dump me because I play too many video games. <laughs> Uh, I've never had any that have explicitly said that's the reason, though I'm sure with a couple of them it was. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got that. I my, one wow. of my girl yeah one of my girlfriends was like, yeah we shouldn't see each other. I I don't like that when we're not hanging out. Like all you're doing is playing video games, and I'm like, Did, was your response? Yeah, well, well fuck you, <laughs> pretty much. Well, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you knew this before we got into the relationship. Thank you very much. Yeah, fucking yeah. like. Damn, that's mm-hmm. how. This is who I am. Yeah, <laughs> you can't take this from me. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go spend my money on bars and strippers. Oh, follow, yeah. follow that. Speaking of that'll games, work better. Speaking, speaking of, of games, games to play with my girlfriend, Firewatch comes out in two days. What's Firewatch? Uh, it's something that I think was shown off at E3 uh, last year. Um, it's uh, one of those first-person story-driven games, yeah. but it's like you're a f- you're a park ranger essentially. Yeah, oh, it's made by uh, ex Telltale guys who also make up the bulk <laughs> of the Idle Thumbs podcast. It's um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a first-person it's a first-person sort of narrative exploration game, but it's much bigger than something like a Gone Home or something like that. It's you're in oh, like so it's yeah, actually the, a game. Oh. Well, the theory, yeah. I, that's the thing. I don't know if it actually has any mechanics or not, or if it is still just walking around while you're talked at. But I know it's because it takes place in the Wyoming wilderness instead of like one big, instead of just a, a big house. So it looks like it's a much broader scope of a thing. They've been working on it for quite a while. So I, I don't know much about it. I'm curious when it comes out. If it literally is a game with nothing but walking and talking in it, I'm probably not going to like it. So I probably won't buy it. But, uh, I'm waiting to see when it comes out what it what it's about for sure because it it could be interesting. Yeah, well, um, like, I'm not opposed to those you know what people necessarily call walking simulators. That I'm just extremely picky about the ones I like. Like I liked, I hated Gone Home, but I liked stuff like Vanishing of Ethan Carter. 
yeah. and things like that. You know, yeah, it, like that, it, I'm that's... just picky about it. So they could do it well, or they could do it in the yeah, in the gone home, dear Esther kind of way, where I'm like, nah. <laughs> um, it looks like it's kind of a kind of a kind like of us. It, it's sort of the the whole like walking around thing, but you actually make decisions about how you're going to go about it. Like it's, yeah. it's do you a take a left or do you adventure. take a right? Well, like the example they give in this video is you, you can either just try to slide down this hill or you can turn around and look and, oh, there's a place where you can hook on your rock climbing gear and try to climb down carefully. Um, yeah. so, if, it's a, I mean, if it's a thing where there are choices that you can do that will impact things, then that's something I can get into. There is gameplay yeah. scripting that was done. So Okay, well. Like, like in, in the credits here, it's gameplay scripting and design work by... So, okay. I mean, that's well, more than what Gone Home could possibly say. Even yeah, it, exactly. Oh, I, I, I hope it's, it's cool. Game. I'm curious about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought that looked really neat. So You know what, yeah. we, should, you know what we should do? Is it in the podcast? Yeah, we should wrap this up. Probably. So, let's, uh, let's do a little bit of horror tree. You can follow me at Twitch, www.twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. Follow me on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash Reeton. And uh, you can go to my website, ReetonEntertainment.com, all one word. Uh, let's see, Nemesis Connor. You can follow him on Twitter at Nemesis0320. You have a YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't. I don't. Re- well, I'm kind of uploading more. It's, not, it's more like daily, you know, vlogging, so I guess I'm the worst thing ever now. You are. But I, I am kind of updating stuff more often, so you can check that out. Nemesis0320 uh, on YouTube, Nemesis right? Uh, it's got this menial series handle from way, way back in the day, but that's what I'm uploading stuff under. Yep, and then we've got Aroa. You can follow him, and I always forget because you have Twitch is Aroa. Got right? it wrong again. Twitch is Aroa1337. Yep. Uh, YouTube is Aroa? Nope, YouTube's Aroa1337 again. What is just Aroa? Aroa is your Twitter, right? Yep. Okay, so I knew one of them just Aroa, and then the other ones are Aroa1337, because he's yep. a bad person. Aroa well, idiots use numbers. It's not things. my fault that the fucking website's like, you have to have one that's at least six characters. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're retarded. And I can't uh, make it Aroa and put an extra <laughs> Aroa. Aroa. <laughs> uh, and then we've got, we've got Jerry Corcoran. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's also Parallax Abstraction. You follow, it's uh, PX Abstraction on Twitter. Yep. He's yeah, probably or PXA the best Media if you just want to follow my content stuff. And uh, my uh, blog website is geekbravado.com, which links to all my other stuff as well. There hasn't been a lot of new posts there lately, but I've got several in my head that I'm going to be working on this week, I hope. I'm, try- I'm trying to get him to be in line with Aroa and myself and have it called Parallax Entertainment. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but Maybe uh... at some point, yeah. <laughs> uh I stole that. So I don't know if you know the story, but I wanted my website to be as lazy as possible. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the goal of it, just mm-hmm. because I thought it would be funny. So I took the name of Reeton Entertainment because Aroa used to have a website called Aroa Entertainment. Oh, yeah. I think you told me this last time I was on. Yeah. And then I took the old lo- website logo, and I have a new one now, but the old website logo, I just crossed out one of the words and put my name underneath <laughs> and somebody 
was looking at my website and they're like, your logo, it's just an X saying Reet underneath. And I was like, that's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> so, uh, and that's why my uh, my website's tag is quantity is job one. <laughs> nice. So, uh, is there anything else? So you got Geek Bravado, you got PX Abstraction, PX Media on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, and YouTube. I mean, if they want to go straight to YouTube, it's YouTube.com slash PX Abstraction. I have um, the, the last few videos I put up are VODs of the Satellite Rain and Axiom Verge streams I'm doing. I didn't finish Satellite Rain on stream, but I will be finishing Axiom Verge there. So people can uh, watch that if they want. And I have a couple of my normal series which is retro flashback um i planned this week i've been neglecting that series lately so i'm going to work on that too this week coming up i think is going to be a lot of content work for me so uh, there should be should be stuff aplenty i hope and what's going on with your job situation oh for fuck's sake uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that I, that good eh yeah uh, i had a, i had another job that looked really really good that was coming that was coming up i'd had two interviews one of which was with the partners they called my references they did the whole bit and uh, it was one of these jobs where i was technically underqualified for the position they were advertising but i got in there and they were like well you know all this other stuff maybe we can give you more responsibilities and pay you more money as a result more in line with the salary i want i'm like that's perfect and then they kept me waiting for a week and then ended up going with a junior person who was cheaper anyway, which is the fourth job in a row now that has done that, that has said that they they thought they could expand the role to be more in line with my experience level and then decided just not to, which just... That too much know. money. <laughs> IT job market in where I live right now is a, is a, it's a, fortunately a buyer's market and it's uh, it's not a... A good scene. I have a standing offer from another company, but it's for a job I don't necessarily really want. But uh, so I'm. I talked to my girlfriend about it, and she's like, "I'd wait until the end of the month, keep applying for other stuff, and if nothing comes along, then maybe talk to them." Because I, I have six months of in, unemployment left. So. Oh wow. Okay. Uh. So she was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Give it, give it a little while." She's like, "Don't go running to them right away because that sends a bad message." And I'm like, "No, nah, you're right." So. Uh, I, I'm going to give it a little while and see, but uh, yeah, it's just a bummer. A couple of these places that it looked like I was going to get hired at would have been pretty good places to work, and uh, you know, but this, such is the way of things. So, so uh, just keep pressing on. I, I was yeah. I was pissed about it on Friday and Saturday, and now I'm mostly over it. So my my job is dumb, and and then well, my work is not dumb, but just one of the positions open at my work is dumb. So. One person is leaving from, and he was doing web design and graphic art. And he's leaving, and they're splitting it into two different positions. Uh, one, one that's web design and one that's graphic art, I guess. That, that's kind of fair. I'd want to yeah. be web design, but I'd hate graphic art. Yeah, but um, so anyway, I had one of my 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 friends my friends apply, and they they basically just said no on him even though he was qualified for it and mm. we hired somebody for the graphic art position put them in there and we or actually we hired somebody for both positions graphic art and web design he quit in a week and a half perfect <laughs> uh then we had another person we hired somebody for just the graphic art position and i had to set up a computer for them and then they're like okay and then on monday this other person's going to start can you set up a computer for them? So I set up a computer for the new person and got everything ready. And I go in there and I'm like, so 
he's in orientation right now, right? So I'm just going to finish up putting his email and stuff on here, and then I'll, I'm out. And the manager came up to me, and she's like, yeah, so he called in on Saturday and said he's staying with his old job. <laughs> Good Lord. So uh, my thought is, if you would have just hired my friend months mm -hmm. ago, because the person who's leaving the job should have left, in the, like his last day was the 1st of January. And he's still there now because they haven't found anyone for, to fill his position. So I'm oh, like, if yeah. you would have just hired my friend months ago, we wouldn't have had all these issues of somebody not showing up because they were offered a better position, uh, another person quitting in a week and a half, and I would have 200 extra dollars from a bonus for getting a friend hired. Yeah. <laughs> Why are Jesus. you laughing? Sorry, I'm watching Hitler anime. Oh, All right, so as you do. Thanks, thanks for listening to the Read Entertainment podcast. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. How long was that podcast? I've had a half-eaten sandwich.